Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. My name is Alex Albisu. This is episode 11. And today, my guest is a very good friend of mine. You become a very good friend of mine. I can, I'm very happy to I appreciate that. hearing that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is Jason <laughs> Flynn, everybody. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Alex, uh, let me officially say, although I've done this in person, so uh-huh. that you're an adorable little girl. Uh, welcome to the club, man. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you know, happy to be here, everybody. Um, uh, Jason and I met uh, through your wife uh, because yes. your wife and I used to uh, work together. At the and, place that will not be named. At the place that will not be named. And <laughs> and uh, we, I just feel like we hit it off, man. You're a cool dude. Uh, we're into the same stuff. Uh, you're, uh, you're lots of nerd nerd overlap. We yeah. get to talk about a lot of different stuff. Uh, you've encouraged me to get into more podcasting, uh, both listening and endeavors. Some of which are doing well, some of which are not. Uh, but yeah, we we really hit it off. Uh, you, me, uh, Veronica, and JoJo did an episode of your uh, your other podcast, Geek Thirty Happy Hour, which I'm yeah. a fan of. Uh, and ironically enough, we were talking about being geeky parents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, as you often do, calling up to Deanna, we still don't have kids, right, Deanna? We still don't have kids, Deanna. Oh, well, <laughs> well here look, we are. <laughs> look where you are now. And for people who are listening, they the the running gag was that I used to always run up to Deanna, like I used to, or I used to yell up. I would be like, "Hey, you're not pregnant, right?" Like, like just kind of yelling. And you know, at that point, <laughs> she wasn't. And then one episode, we surprised JoJo with the news. I remember watching that was yeah. fantastic. Great fantastic. reaction. It was a lot of fun. And uh, so Jason, like he said, he was on that episode uh, talking about uh, the the love of being a geeky parent. I feel like it's worth um, almost rehashing um, some of that conversation along with some of the new um, experiences that you've had. Uh, well, yeah, he was uh, to the to the day he was 11 weeks when we recorded that. Uh, yep. He is he is about a week shy of nineteen months now. So tell us about your son. Uh, my son is Elias. Uh, as I said, nineteen months. Uh, he is my first uh, son, only son so far. Uh, my wife and I have been married. It'll be six years in September, mm-hmm. and we always knew. I always knew that I wanted. <laughs> and as she as she's yelling in the background, we've been together nine years. That's right. Uh, the joke is, we've known each other ten. We've been together nine. We've been married six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always knew I wanted to be a dad <clears throat> from a little kid, largely because my family life is very interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm adopted, mm-hmm. but I know my biological mom. So family has always been important and very overlapping in strange ways for me. Yeah. And so family being very important for Veronica, we knew that we wanted to have kids. We always wanted to have both our own biological and adopt some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just made sense for us, and it was natural to have our own first. Mm-hmm. And um, ironically, we weren't planning on having Elias when we did, because I was in between jobs. And I had been laid off uh, from the shop I'd been at for four years. And Veronica looked at me, and she's like, we are, we are fine. I'm covering things. I'm doing really well. We've got enough money in the bank. Take six months figure out what you want to do next and then we'll make a plan. And mm-hmm. I said, you're awesome. Thank you. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Five months into six months, we found out we were pregnant. <laughs> um, and there so goes that, the entire plan. That goes the entire plan. So, but you know, by the time we hit the end of the second trimester and I was close to getting this, I thought I was close to getting this job. I was consulting with this company. It looked like it was going to turn into a job. Until the CEO surprised everybody by selling the company. 
Um, so a lot of people were out of work, including me. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay, well, let's let's try it with you as the stay-at-home dad. <clears throat> and I'll tell you something. If, if you can do it as a dad, any other dads listening out there, if you get the chance to spend any of the formative first couple of years with your kid, do it. Yeah. With you as the primary caregiver. I cannot stress this enough. Uh, you know, not to be traditional in the sense of someone should stay at home, but knowing Veronica said to me at one point, I think Elias was like six or seven months old and I was starting to like really start to look like I got to get back to work at some point. We Uh got to figure out childcare. Sure. And she said, we're for right now. We're good. Don't keep doing the consulting, keep doing the freelance because the best thing you have ever given me in our entire relationship is the peace of mind that I know that he is at home with his father. Oh, that's wonderful. And I mean, that's not only a great compliment, but a testament to how much of a challenge it is for not only my wife, but any other woman who goes back to work because uh-huh. traditionally and biologically they want to be with their child. Correct. Right. Um, and I, I still think the four months that she got from maternity leave was amazing for her and for him. Uh-huh. And there, and as I remind her, when you know, there's there's you have struggles as a parent, you know, sleepless yeah. nights and slept out. And when she has her moments of, well, gee, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And I say, like, you will have always have a connection with him that I never will because he comes literally from you. Yeah. I helped in his creation, but he comes literally from you. Uh, that's why I I don't try to replace mom. I try to be dad. Yeah, that's that's fair. You know, I think Deanna. Um, I always tell her, you know, you got the mama touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I hand her to Deanna, there's something magical that happens where she's just she just chills. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so uh, I, I think that's awesome. And, and are you're still staying at home with Elias right now? Yeah, I'm still staying at home with Elias right now. We're uh, I'm looking for more work, preferably from home. Uh-huh. Uh, but if I find something that lets me go back into an office situation, that's not the worst thing in the world, because at almost two years, as great as it is for me and for him, for me to be home with him, mm-hmm. he's going to start to need to broaden his experience and his horizon. So even if I got a stay-at-home gig uh, that satisfied me and also brought more money in, mm-hmm. uh, we we want to start putting him into daycare a couple of times a week, it even for hurt. half days, yeah. just so that he's socializing more. I mean, sure. it's one, we've got friends with kids who are a little older. I've made some friends with some other dads who with kids are right around the same age as Elias, and those are great. But having a structured environment for him where he goes and he knows he does activities and are, is with other kids – certain times of the day and also just to give yourself a break to right. you know to re- to remember that you were once a person before you were a dad because <laughs> yeah. you know as i've told many many people i've never been this happy to be this tired right. but there's always that i get the day to myself and for the first three or four hours i'm like i'm doing this and i don't have to worry about where anybody else is blah 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 blah, blah. and by about hour six i'm like what would the baby's doing <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, I I think that I I've always thought it would be cool to be a stay at home dad, um, and I think that that would be really rewarding. It would be cool to be there for Aria, you know, kind of in that sense a little bit more so. Uh, you know, a lot of the times in the traditional sense, it's like yeah, dad, you know, dad's constantly at work, mom's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this kind? Of, and, and this is actually being embraced by society a lot these days. What do you think about this kind of shift? in the stay-at-home dad role? 
I, I see it being spoken of positively sort of culturally and a lot with people who are a little bit younger than I am. I am solidly Gen X. Rock uh-huh. is a little sort of the tail end of Gen X. So I don't want to, you know, shake my cane and say you millennials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's encouraging to me to hear people who are younger who say, yeah, I don't, I'm a dude and I want to stay home with my kids. Yeah. I, I think it matters that there's someone who is connected to the child and will be connected to the child throughout their life who's at home. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's a grandparent, sometimes that's an aunt, sometimes that's a parent. But knowing you have someone who is not there because they're getting a paycheck. Yeah. Because you can have wonderful people that you pay, that you trust, who are. CPR certified and PhDs in child development and all of these other things. And they can connect to your child. They can be like family, but unless they are going to be in your lives for the, your entire, your kid's entire life, you, I, I think it's worthwhile to have a family member home. And I, I'm glad to see it being embraced more culturally here in the U S. Yeah. <clears throat> I wish we actually provided real maternity leave. Yeah. Real maternity of, and paternity leave, like actual, yeah. I I got I I was blessed to have a month off, and that's because and that's my, huge for a guy. Yeah, that's huge, and that's mostly because my company has a no PTO policy, it's just free PTO. So my right. boss was like, "Well, how much time do you want off?" I was like, "A, a month? Is that cool?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." And so I just got a month off. <laughs> and there you go. So I I I agree. I think that it's an interesting. Um, way you know in in a lot of ways i think i feel like america is kind of behind on some of these things oh absolutely it is absolutely behind and even just the stigma even for dudes who get it right uh i've got a good friend i'm not going to say his name uh because i don't want to throw him under the bus completely but he was telling me oh yeah i you know and he was very sort of nonchalant about this he's like well when we had our second kid i didn't even use all of my paternity i went back you know a week and a half, two weeks early. And he didn't see the look that his wife was shooting the two of us as he's telling me this across his shoulder. And I'm just like, you probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, it sounds like mama needed, needed some help, huh? Yeah, mom needed some extra help at home. Not only does uh, she have a baby, she has a toddler to deal with, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. The, Although the dad pros- was probably like, I got to get the F out of here. <laughs> and, and I understand, and I can understand that, but you know, to other stay at home dads who I've had these conversations with, I'm like, uh-huh. look, it, as frustrating as it can be, and as much as you're just like, oh my god, can you hang out in your crib for ten minutes because I just need to use the bathroom without another human being in the right. room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, this is it's it's a tough two to four years depending on your kid and how soon they go into preschool. Sure. And this this is time, as Rock wisely reminds me, don't be in a hurry to get through this because it's never going to come again. Yep. Because even if we have a second kid, it's going to be different with number two yeah. than it is with Elias. Uh-huh. And I will tell you, I am super excited for a threshold we have just hit. Okay, and what's gonna, that? I'm going to say this out loud. My wife may say something from the other room. I, I, I think we're there, so I'm going to say if it's not true, you can blame me. We are at night six of sleeping through the night without incident. Now, I say that at 19 months because Veronica on her own at 10 months got him sleep trained. It was three really bad nights. And then for like two and a half, three weeks, it was like, alleluia. And we were sleeping and everything was great. And then he got sick. Yeah. 
And then right around him turning the year, we found out that he had five to seven teeth that were ready to come through. That I remember one at a time. Yep, I remember so it was you just, guys talking about yeah. that. Oh my god! Uh, so it was constantly teething, or he got sick, yeah. and then once he got better, the teething would start again. So from about twelve months to roughly three weeks ago, Jeez. he's just been teething, and it, like sleep has been non-existent. Yeah, and so Veronica's like, he stopped teething. He's not sick. We have to get this back. Yep. He's he's 18 months. We have to get this back. And the first two nights were awful. Right. And, you know, fits and starts. And then since then, this is now tonight is night six. Yeah. I mean, the kid went to sleep at 6 p.m. last night because he was just not feeling good, right? Hey, good. Woke, yeah, do and, it. But, but slept through to 4.30. Oh, now, boy. I didn't want to get up at 4.30, but the fact that he had slept through for almost 12 hours. Got to give like, him some credit. All right, we just got to keep him going yeah. to bed between seven and eight. Hell yeah! Uh, and the preceding nights, like he's had a couple of like, I have a diaper, but you go and you change him, he's not even really awake. He goes right back down. So uh-huh. sleep is here. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that. And and I love, I really love watching the um, the way that you interact with Elias. It, it's very. I I just feel you're just such a natural at this whole parenting thing. Well, um, it. It, I'm cheating a little bit because, as I mentioned, I come from a very big family and a very weird family in a lot of ways. Yeah. My adoptive mother was a babysitter. Oh, okay. Uh, 6-1, honey. My wife's filling out our passport updates because we're going away in a couple of months to oh, nice. Canada. Okay. Um, my adoptive mother needed a babysitter and my biological, my, my biological mother needed a babysitter. My adoptive mother was a babysitter okay. in New York. And so she brought her me to her at starting at six weeks old. And after a couple of weeks, she was getting kicked out of the house that she was in. She was trying to get base housing. She was in the army. All of this stuff was chaotic. And she looked at my adoptive mother and said, I can't keep bringing Jason here. I'll, once I get my stuff together, I'll try and come back. And then I'll be able to bring him because I can't pay you right now. Yeah. And my family looked at her and said, well, why don't the two of you just move in? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and I've been with my, as my mom, my adoptive mother will tell you, I've been with them since I was six weeks old uh-huh. when my biological mother got remarried and started making other changes in her life. They, everybody decided the best place for me was with my adoptive family. Okay. So I moved with them to Florida and I've been with them my entire life. So I have always been around kids between my mom's <coughs> babysitting. I'm the youngest of seven. Okay. So my sibling, my older siblings all started to have kids right when I came to the family. Ah, so okay. the three oldest grandkids are three years younger than I am. So wow. I was the baby brother and kind of the older brother for the nieces and nephews. Plus, there were always kids in the house that my mom was watching. Yeah. So you're I technically was, their uncle. Yeah. I'm technically their uncle. And some of the younger, younger nieces and nephews I have who are, you know, in their 20s and have just gotten married. Um, and that's frightening to say. <laughs> uh they they will jokingly call me Uncle Jason, but virtually all of them just call me Jason, even though I'm their uncle. Nice. The ones who actually call me Uncle Jason are my great nieces and my great nephew, because two of my nieces have their own kids. That is so funny. Yeah, that's so, so funny. So you're technically you're a great uncle as well. Yeah, Veronica married. As I warned Veronica, you're going to become a great aunt by marrying me. Oh man. Uh, my niece Dominica looked at her and she's like. <laughs> 
She's like, I'm a year older than you. <laughs> Dominica, who's the oldest grandchild, is a year oh, older than so Veronica. Funny. And, uh, it, it's still just just irks her a little bit. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so you, I mean, I, you came into this thing knowing how to deal with kids. It was just yeah. very natural to you. Yeah, I mean, from I remember being a little kid and going up to get the other kids and sort of bouncing on my butt as they're bouncing on their butt, taking them downstairs. And it's one of those things where my my ma's everybody. She's an old blue collar Sicilian woman from Brooklyn, and she sarcasm is not only a second language; it's an art form. Yeah. And her way of telling you that she likes you is being mean and rude to you. It's, gotcha. She's she's an acquired taste. She means well. But she doesn't necessarily do emotions easily. Okay, and, fair I, and I say that, and I say that with love, and I adore her. And as I will say to anybody who asks, she is my salvation in a lot of ways. Okay, but I learned from her that kids, without ever being specifically said to me, just watching her, kids want honesty, kids want consistency, and kids want to know the rules. Sure. So I. People who had rotten, rotten kids would love coming to my ma's house uh-huh. because they knew that their kids would not act up in Marie Flynn's house because there were rules in Marie's Flynn's house and she didn't give a damn who you were. Nice. And didn't give a damn how much, you know, how special you were to your mom and dad or how indulged you got. Uh-huh. In her house, her rules are what mattered. And she would tell you off and send you to the other room and take your toys away from you. I love and it. kids are like, oh, wait, I got I to gotta not do that. And so do you feel do you feel like you can almost embody that with with Elias or do you do you tend to find yourself like a little more soft with him? I, I find myself softer. Yeah. Uh, as as imagine. as hard as as hard as my mom my ma was. My my dad, my adoptive father being the other side, he was always uh she was the storm, he was the rock. Okay. And, and I tend to lean, you know, both because he was my dad and just because you know, my, my family's great for a lot of things, but I learned how to do things differently. Uh-huh. And and I don't think you need to, you know, I'll get a little riled up here and there. Everybody does. Yeah. But, you know, I want my kid to respect me and respect what I'm doing. I don't think my kid needs to fear me. Yeah. And right or wrong, you know, a couple of generations ahead of me, that's how you dealt things. Your kids were afraid of you and there yeah. was no question. Yep. There is just straight, like, discipline, discipline, yes. discipline. Yep. Right. Now, I, I firmly believe because I said so is a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah, well, I agree. Hey, uh, fair enough. Yep. I, I've know, been dealt uh, that card plenty of times in my day. So yeah, I think that and, it's. And I intend to use that card on occasion with a lot. Yes. You know, because I said so is a perfectly reasonable answer. But I always. It, it's. I've told a few people before Elias was born, my goal is to encourage him to be kind and have courage. Mm hmm. And to stay out of the way of his naturally good impulses. Mm -hmm. To make sure I support and encourage those to flourish and not try to suppress them. One of the things I'm so grateful of is he is, by nature, a very generous little boy. Okay. He wants to share. He wants to play. Sometimes a little, like... He just wants to go up and he'll grow. I think he did it with Ari. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he went grabbed up to her on the cider head and just yeah. tried to give her a kiss. And he and he and it was very sweet and cute. Yes, it was not aggressive whatsoever. And he's just like, "Oh, you're here. I have to give you a kiss. You're yep. another baby." Mwah. He's just such a sweet, sweet <laughs> kid. It, even you know, I even think about when you guys were here at the house recording that episode of Geek Thirty, and like I pretty like he was just being held the whole time. He didn't make a single peep. I was holding him. He's just he's just 
very he's a good kid man we are very very lucky <clears throat> i i chalk it up to his innate personality and us not screwing it up people are like you've done so well with him i'm like yes i try not to be an ass to my kid and let him yeah be a you, good kid. that's it's, kind of important too isn't it yeah i mean because it's the whole and you know not to be judging but too many people want to be either the authoritarian up here or my kid's best friend. Yeah. And I, I would like to float here in this middle place where you can move. If you're not trying to be one thing all the time, you can move between different elements so that you can be stern when you need to, you can be goofy when you need to, right? Uh, which is, which is my go-to, which is my go-to. I am, I, to give him encouragement, I will default default to being silly. To diffuse his stress, I will default to being silly. Dad, and I think that is, as a dad, that is the best card you can play. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think about just, I mean, in this, this is both of our nature, right? Like, we're both geeky guys. Yeah, so absolutely. So I, I think about um, the things that I want to instill with Arya, her, you know, a love for Star Wars video games and mm -hmm. music, things that I, I like. I'm not going to force it on her by any means, but I want, I want her to have an appreciation for some of these things. How do you bring that into the, the relationship that you're building with your son at this point? Um, I, I like to start with stuff just sort of in the background. Okay. When he was very, very little and I'd be wearing him in our old place because we, we just recently bought a house. I remember the, his first summer, roughly this time last year, I would, would just be going around the house with him on me. And instead of just having something on shuffle, I would pick an artist to go through their catalog and just sure. have that in the background in terms of music. Or I would pick something specifically to have on the television that would be something accessible for him. So it was a lot of Sesame Street. Okay. Early on, yeah, and to this day, now that he'll he'll actively watch TV on occasion. We don't just plop him in front, but he'll watch some TV. Uh -huh. And when uh, the letter of the day or the number of the day songs that he remembers come on, he'll light up and he'll get excited and he'll get animated and he'll look at me and he'll start to bounce I in time that. with it because he remembers it from me singing it badly. <laughs> uh, oh, and that's there's a, funny. There's a couple. There's a couple of uh, little sort of musical cues that you know. Again, I would hum or sing when I was trying to put him to sleep when he was very, very little. Uh, and some of it's you know uh, the Game of Thrones theme, uh, the Legend of Zelda instrumental theme. Well, I remember you uh, guys putting him to bed to Game of Thrones. Oh Isn't yeah, that right. And oh, the Tudors. Oh, um, Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. That's what it was. We Sorry. would be rocking him down. Uh, he loves British uh, accents. So <laughs> Downton Abbey, uh, Luther, dude, Doctor Who, whatever. beautiful accents. Yeah. I don't blame him. So, so any anything that's got a Brit on, even now, sort of in passing, he sort of perks up. I love it. Uh, and now when we we put him to bed in his own room, it'll be things like uh, starting to broaden the horizon to like some instrumental music and uh -huh. uh, soundtracks for different things, or just mo like Mozart or. You know, sort of softer artists like Nora Jones or Sarah McLaughlin, just different things like that. Sure. But in terms of like the geeky stuff, I, I'm focusing mainly on stuff that's appropriate for him. So it's a lot of Sesame Street. It's a lot of Curious George. Uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is the spiritual successor to Mr. Rogers. Um, and just making sure that we let him pick stuff that he likes that's positive mm -hmm. and that. Again, as we introduce things, it 
whatever he winds up picking, whatever he winds up liking, I, I, and I know Veronica absolutely want him to understand that loving your things you love and being passionate about the things you love is absolutely the way to go. Because not yes. only is it going to give you more enjoyment in the things that you like that entertain you, it's going to help you find the things that are going to speak to you it further in your life. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's going to be a creative person, an artistic person. I don't know if he's going to be a scientific person. It, uh-huh. All of those things. I joke. Uh, what was the the jo- uh, the reference I made? Uh, uh, Elias James, the uh, the kickboxing astrophysicist, was the, <laughs> the latest one I had thrown out there uh, to Veronica the other day, and she's like, you know, Elias James, the happy burger flipper. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah. We don't know. We don't know what he's going to do in his life. Yeah. But we want him to be a a happy, healthy, good person who wants to see good in life. I love that. You know, um, a, a fun question I thought of, you know, you and I have a love for Dungeons and Dragons. You're probably yes. one of the best uh, dungeon masters I've played with. Thank you. And uh, J- Jason, for you guys at home, has a knack for storytelling. So when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, a big part of that, uh, probably the biggest part of that is using your imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to uh, guess what Elias, what class Elias would roll. And what do you think that that would be <laughs> in his very first game of Dungeons and Dragons? <sighs> like for Arya, she was born at nine pounds, one ounce. She was a big baby. I think she's going to be some sort of tank berserker thing. <laughs> uh, just sort of given his personality and given his nature, uh-huh. uh, the things that I would think, the three things I would initially think about for Elias uh, in terms of a class that he would want to explore first. Um, one would be a cleric. Okay. Someone yep, who would be I, able I, to, yep. to help and uh-huh. heal uh, and protect others. I could see that with the constant wanting to give people kisses. Yeah, yeah. It's very sweet. Um, the, the third thing I would think of, the second thing I would think of rather, uh, possibly a druid, because we have three dogs and a cat. Uh, and he, like, people are like, oh, my dog's friendly, but, you know, I don't know if your kid's going to be okay with him and we'll be at the parks. And he just like, doggy, and he moves yeah. on. Or the, dog, the dog's like, wait a second, you weren't afraid of me. I'm going to follow <laughs> you now. Uh, he's so used he has, to it. You guys got two pups, and, and he's great with them, so. Yeah, uh, and he, uh, I chalk that all up to my wife. Uh, she's the one who is able to charm any animal she encounters. So wow. I give all credit to her. Uh, so if he if he goes through it, that's him paying homage to his mother. Um, the third the third thing I could see him gravitating towards initially uh, would be a bard. Okay. Uh, partially because his dad's a bit of a storyteller, uh, and again something that he's going he seems to be sh- demonstrating the ability straight from his mother. Uh, he sings. Oh, okay. Like he, not really? actual song, but he like la la la, and he'll make like he's trying to sing or he's singing to me or to Veronica, uh, and I can't carry a tune in a bucket with two hands. Uh, <laughs> Veronica has an amazing singing voice, has uh-huh. an awesome ear. Uh, that is all her skill. So any kind of musical ability is coming from his mother. The storytelling he would get from both of us, but just in terms of him as like eight-year-old Elias and something that he might want to play, those are the three things I would think think he'd be interested in trying first. I love it. Yeah, I like. Um, I, I see him being kind of a creative kid. Just knowing you and Veronica, I think that that's that that apple's not going to fa- fall far from the tree. 
Pro, uh, I think that is a safe bet, and thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I am certain of is he's going to be a communicative child because Veronica and I are not shy people. No, no, you're not. I I would agree with that. And you know, he's not a shy kid. He comes up to you, and he's not. He doesn't have the stranger danger thing, right? Um, so I totally see that. Which which leads to some interesting moments where we're at doctor's offices and parents are trying to round up their kids to leave, and he's like, oh, "Okay, we're going," and he's like, <laughs> to get his stuff. And I'm like, Buddy, 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 yeah. come here. They're, oh, so you're my mom people, now? But <laughs> you didn't get a new family. Come That's here. That's so funny. Um, you know, I, I think a good way to end the show here is for you to share a little bit of insight on, you know, I like to ask dads, like, what what is uh, the biggest piece of advice that you could give to somebody like me, a new dad, or maybe even somebody who's uh, looking to become a father, um, somebody in sort of that position? Uh, somebody who's thinking about becoming a dad, I would say don't build yourself a checklist. Give yourself ideas. Okay. Because not locking yourself into I have to do a certain thing a certain way or I have to be a certain kind of dad if I have a son. I have to be a certain kind of dad if I have a daughter. Your kid is going to let you know who they are as they come along, and that's going to help you figure out what kind of dad you are good at being. Not the kind of dad you have to be or the kind of dad you should be, but the kind of dad you're going to be good at in response to your kid. So for somebody who's thinking about becoming a dad or thinking about starting a family, I would say that. For somebody who's about to become a dad, like waiting for that day or has just crossed the the threshold like you, I would say for the for the first three months, every little scrap of sleep you can get, yeah. do it. Yes, every amen little to that. scrap of sleep you and, can get, and, do and it. And no matter what, you're always going to be tired. I'm always tired. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I'm just I'm okay with it at this point. I'm just I'm, whatever. That's fine. The, the 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 three the three other pieces of dice, and some will be pragmatic and silly, and some might actually be wise here. But one is you are going to do something accidentally to hurt yourself while holding the baby. You may or may not hurt the baby okay. in that process, but you are going to do something while holding the kid and you are going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Might be to the lack of sleep, lack of awareness, you left something out, whatever. Uh-huh. You are going to hurt yourself while holding the baby. The only thing you have to remember is you need to the baby needs to land on you. Just yes. keep that in mind. Yep. That's one. Dude, I have, when the, you hurt I, your, I have the biggest fear of just falling down the stairs holding her. Yeah, you I've heard that <clears throat> I've heard that from a lot of people. The the fear of not necessarily dropping the kid, but like a big fall. Yeah. Oh but my it, god. It, it, even even for a little trip, just envelop the baby and you fall down first. That's the rule. Yep. Uh the second thing is remember to enjoy all of this Uh because you're going to be exhausted and stressed and wearing the same clothes for three days and somebody needs to do laundry and somebody needs to cook food. But take those moments when the kid's asleep and your wife's asleep and you get to look at the two of them and just take those moments because those are your moments when, when dad is dad, dad, the protector, that sort of ancient instinct of you have to be the last one to sleep because you have to make sure the doors are all locked to make sure everybody's safe and you get to look at your family asleep. Those moments will become fewer and further between. So enjoy them absolutely while you can. Amen. Uh, 
the last thing I will say is about being a parent, not necessarily being a dad. Being a parent, even if you are a single parent, being a parent is a team sport. Because whether it's your biological family, whether it's your family of friends, whether it's people in your community, at some point in time, other people are going to offer to help. And you will be surprised at least at some point, not all the time, you'll be surprised at your resistance of, well, wait, no, this is, this is my kid. Uh-huh. Not in the you're unclean and I shouldn't trust you, but that can be part of it. It's like, no, I don't want you to do this. I've had that. I have had But that. it can also be the, this is supposed to be my job. I'm supposed to be the parent. I'm supposed to do those things. You cannot be everything to your kid at every moment. Right. So give yourself the permission to let other people help you. Amen. I, I, I love my father-in-law for a lot of different reasons, but I will always, one last quick story. We were four, we were home the fourth day. We had to stay in the hospital for four days because he was jaundiced. We were been home about two and a half, three days and no one was sleeping. Ugh. No one was sleeping. And my father-in-law comes over and I had gone, gone downstairs and Veronica's upstairs with the baby and he walks in I'm like, hi, Christian, I'm doing something in the kitchen. And he doesn't even say my name. He puts his hand on my shoulder. He steers me out of the kitchen. He steers me to the couch. He basically pushes me down, like very gently. He didn't have to try hard. <laughs> he gets me to sit down. And he's like, I am here. I have actually slept. I'm going to go upstairs and see my daughter and your son. You are going to sleep. I am going to be here Nothing bad is going to happen to the baby. Oh, I love that. And I started to, I started to object. He's like, just go to sleep. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. And my thought is, okay, he's here. Veronica's upstairs. I can actually sleep. Yeah. He went upstairs. He looked at his daughter. He's like, your son is there. I'm going to sit in the rocking chair. You are going to take a nap. Your husband is asleep downstairs. I'm going to read my book. My grandson is going to sleep. Nothing bad is going to happen. We slept for about four hours. The two wow, good. <clears throat> it was like ambrosia. I it was hear the you, best man. Best thing ever. So, a long-winded way of saying, give yourself permission to trust the other people who are invested in your child's life. I love because that. you can't be everything to your kids at all times, and if you try. You're gonna set yourself and your kids up for your kid up for disappointment. Do yourself, yeah. You end up doing everybody a disservice, yeah, by being too tired. So, amen to that, man. I, I appreciate all the insight. I love your story. I love you guys. I love your son. You guys are awesome people. Uh, dude, we love you guys. I I'm so glad that you got this beautiful little song on your hands because Thank she you. is a, a a wonderful little uh, aria. And uh, if you need. Uh, as what Veronica is saying from the other room, a joyful noise, and she yes, indeed she is, is that. Uh, if you need any more uh, home cooked casserole things, let oh me man, know. Can, wait, wait, can, can you just explain <laughs> to the people at home what you made for us, please? Okay, okay, this okay. is the best thing I've ever I eaten in my life. I have apparently changed the this, life no, of you and it, your wife. No, it has. <laughs> okay, people, hold on, okay. listen closely. So, again, uh, if you are a new parent or you have friends in your life who are about to become a kid become parents and have a kid the best thing you can do everybody's like what can i do what can i do what can you don't ask for wait for permission make them something they can heat yes. up or eat cold uh-huh. casserole 
pasta, something. Now, my go-to, uh, and it's always the first thing I bring over to new parents, and I brought this to Alex and Deanna, uh, it is called Mexican Shepherd's Pie. It is super simple to make, and I'm not going to go through the full recipe, but to give you an idea, uh, traditional shepherd's pie, you've got meat and uh, carrots and all this other stuff, and it's topped with mashed potatoes. It's baked. Mexican shepherd's pie is ground beef and onions, and I throw in a little mushrooms with taco seasoning, and you cook that all up into its wonderful deliciousness, and then you put it in a pan, and then you take corn muffin mix. In, uh, oh, sorry, you put whole corn or corn over that, then you take corn muffin mix, you put it on that, and then you bake it, and the corn muffin mix rises and becomes the crust. And then after it's baked, you put cheddar cheese on top of it. And it is sweet, and it is savory, and it is great heated up. It is awesome cold. It is filling. It hits the spot. Uh, and I brought some over to Alex and Deanna. And let me tell you, within 24 hours of dropping this off, we had a nice visit. We got to see the baby. We got to see you guys, Veronica, myself, and Elias. Within, folks, within 24 hours, separately, I had texts from both Alex and Deanna <laughs> who were, to paraphrase, were like, this is the best damn thing I've ever had. Can oh I my God. Be? I, I was like, I, I turned to Deanna because I think I had I had the first bite. I was like, oh my God, Deanna, put the baby down and grab this. Eat some of this right now. I mean, it was good. Oh, That's man. a hell of a compliment. Yeah, Thank it was. You. Oh, man. Yeah, Forget because you're right. It's sweet. This. Yeah, it's sweet and savory. It's like. No, it really is like everything that you want. It, it's feel good food, man. It's feel yeah, good it's, food. It is. It is absolutely comfort food, and yeah. I lo- I always bring this to folks who have a kid because uh, like the last thing you guys want to worry about is putting together a meal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now this is not healthy food. No, 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 no. <laughs> it will. It's satisfy- not terrible for you, but uh, it's it'll bad satisfy for you. your caloric intake. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's that put way. that. That's a good way of putting it. Um, so, so you hear, you heard it there, guys. I think one of the best pieces of advice: feed new parents. Oh God, yes, feed new parents. Amen. Well, thank you again for being on the show, dude. Uh, we love for you guys, me, man. Uh, I always love uh, tuning in and being a part of your your podcasting adventure. So always keep me updated. Absolutely. All right, guys. This has been the Dad Chronicle, episode eleven. Um, if you'd like to hear other episodes, you can head to thedadchronicle.com. Um, again, thanks to uh, Jason. Cheers, and uh, and his and his lovely life, wife Veronica, who's just popping into the frame there. We love you guys. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye, Alex. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.